and welcome to The Big Review Scheme. My name is Owen Doherty, and I am delighted to say that once again, I've been joined by Rory Cash. And hello, Rory. How are you? I'm okay, Owen. How are you? Oh, I thought you'd be better than okay. It's a, it's a roller coaster, you know? <laughs> it really is. Every day is a roller That's coaster. <laughs> I think me, me landing at okay is better than expected for most days. So just be happy with my okay. Okay? Well, let's see if Emerald Fennell, Ooh. the writer and director of Promising Young Woman, one of the most... Talked about films of twenty. Oh wait, what year are we? Are we twenty twenty one now. We are twenty twenty one, but it was initially screened at some festivals <laughs> in twenty twenty. So it is understandable that a you forgot what year it was, and b that you thought it was already talked about. But we haven't got it well, here yet because cinemas ain't open yet. Um, yeah, the less the, the less we focus on twenty twenty, the the happier I'll be anyway. So fair. we'll just focus in twenty twenty one for now. So yeah, um, a lot of people you may have heard of the film anyway, as Rory said, but uh, it's been in the news the last few days over the past week because it's just bagged itself five Oscar nominations, including how many for Amber? So this is the Rory Cashin's chat with the Oscar nominated nominated I was gonna go full John Travolta with uh uh Edina what's her name Adele Dazim yeah so this one... wickedly <laughs> yeah so Emerald Fennell herself uh of the movies five Oscar nominations has received three including best original screenplay best director and uh as one of the producers of the film best film so that's three of the biggest behind the scenes Oscars nominations you can get. And it's her first film, which is oh infuriating because she's so talented. Uh, yeah, like before this, people either know her from in front of the camera, where she's also a brilliant actress as, um, oh, what's her face from The Crown? Camilla Parker Bowles. Her, her face. So she she, she yeah. was in season four, I guess, mostly, most recently. Uh, and But she was also one of the head writers on one of the later seasons of Killing Eve. Um, so, yeah, just infuriatingly brilliant at everything that she does. So, of course, this film ended up being, when I finally watched it, one of the best films I've seen in years. Uh, and I was very, very happy even to get the short amount of time with her. Uh, and she gives just some cracking answers. You just know she just... Like, I literally say to her at one point in the interview, I could have talked to you about this film for the next two days straight and just not ran out of questions. Rory. Emma, uh, Owen. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Well, I think that has just answered my question because what I was going to say was, are you in love with Emerald? But it seems like you're even calling me Emerald Fennel, and trust me, I look nothing like her. Not with this beard. No. no you, you, I, uh, I think she's incredibly incredible annoyingly frustratingly talented um and that is uh just it's so good seeing someone be be brilliant at what they do and everything but she you work does. with me you work with me every day rory and you never tell me any of this stuff yeah here's rory's chat as we listen to him fall truly <laughs> madly deeply in love with the oscar nominated emerald fennel <laughs> What are you going to do? I don't know. Why do you guys have to ruin everything? We were kids. If I hear that one more time, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was hoping you'd feel differently by now. It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? I wanted to be a doctor my whole life. 
lately I've been feeling like I might want to get back into it. Henry, how are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm really, really good. First of all, I want to thank you for uh, making one of the best films I've seen in a long, long time. Um, if I see another film as good as this in 2021, I will be very, very happy. <laughs> so first of all, I just wanted to say that. Second of all, while I was watching it, um, the, a movie that came to mind was Get Out. Um, you know the scene where Bradley Whitford is saying, um, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could have, like not really comprehending <laughs> the internalized yeah. racism. Yeah. Uh, watching this, I, I thought you did a fantastic job of creating the kind of fake woke guys, you know, the ones who truly believe they're the nice guys. Yes. And then a, a fear washed over me. I was like, are you ready for these guys now to say Promising Young Woman is their favourite movie? <laughs> as a chat-up line. Oh, God, that had never occurred to me. Look, I think the thing is, is that... The, I, I really do hope that if people, you know, watch Promising Young Woman, I think the thing that was so brilliant and genius about Get Out was it not only was just such a thrilling, brilliant masterpiece in its own right, but it just, you know, it it just satirised something. It, it, as you say, it satirised this kind of woke culture. And I think it really you know, drew a curtain on behaviours that I think, honestly, lots of people had never just realised, they'd not, it, had, it hadn't, they hadn't thought deeply enough about it before. And that's why it was so brilliantly effective. And so I think, you know, for me with Promising Young Woman, I've, I've always been interested in how, you know, how good people do bad things, how as a culture, we, uh, participate in cruelty because it's sort of tacitly allowed that stuff is so interesting to me and so that's a sort of roundabout way of saying that I think that you know if woke guys in inverted commas have watched the film and it has you know at least made them think twice about some of the stuff then I'll be really I'll be really glad you know I, I, I always wanted to make this film the most accessible Thing that it could be you know it's it's not medicine it's not a documentary it's not a TED talk it's something that feels very true to me about something very specific and I think that's why it has it, it's you know it has provoked so many conversations I think because so many of us so many people haven't thought that deeply about it before because it, we were so used to it yeah um on top of get out your movie that uh maybe just a bit more on a surface level reminded me of was kill bill um, because, you know, uh, Uma Thurman in that character, she's got her list of people she wants to cross off, getting revenge upon, even like down to having them all uh, numerically kind of on her list. Uh, and it was great to kind of see that in the film. Uh, and, and as well, uh, Tarantino has a fantastic way of taking actors that you see or understand in a certain light and twisting them completely, which is something you've done brilliantly, I think, again, in this movie. Um, but were there any other particular kind of cinematic touchstones or even just story touchstones that came to mind when you're putting this together? Absolutely. I mean, I'm obsessed with films, so um, it, it's impossible to kind of uh, separate yourself entirely from all the things that you love. But for me, certainly visually, um, To Die For and Virgin Suicide, it's actually sort of a lot of Sofia Coppola's ultra, ultra feminine worlds that she creates. That was hugely important. And then 
you know, slightly further away from a just sort of personal point of view, I, I like films that are sort of quite allegorical, I suppose. So one of my, you know, my favourites of the last few years have been Killing of a Sacred Deer um, and Midsummer, and actually, you know, a movie that we reference a lot, uh, Night of the Hunter, because I really do feel and have always felt that it's such, it's a visual medium, movies, it's a very specific thing, you're there for a very specific amount of time, and so your obligations, I think, are different. Uh, you don't have to sustain a story over hours and hours and hours of, of episodes. So you can be somewhat oblique and you can also, you know, be slightly heightened. And for me, so many of the films that have really impacted me, even things like Twin Peaks, you know, they have, they have an effect. They feel both very, very real, but also, um, Yes, more like Bible stories or or uh, fables. That's what this film was always felt like to me anyway, is that it's both specific and a kind of fairy tale or, or a fable. Uh, Emma, I could talk to you literally for two, two and a half days straight about everything <laughs> I want to talk to you about doing this film. Very bored. Thank <laughs> but thank you so much for taking the time today to talk to me about it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too, bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Rory, I get it. I get why you fell in love with Emerald Fennel. So you're, and listen, you're saying these listen, words. I never said those words. I, I said I'm ha- I said she's great. And that's all I'm I said. happy for the two of you. Over the moon. Invite me to the wedding, please. I, I sure will. Uh, yeah, so obviously, yeah, whenever the movie comes out in Ireland, we don't know exactly when. I assume whenever cinemas are reopened, this will be one of the first ones to be available on the big screen. Uh, but when that day comes, cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, like I'm there. Like, I mean, I was going to be queuing up for the cinema anyway, but I think this is definitely going to be one of the first ones uh, on the list of, of must-watch movies. Um, because, yeah, as you said, there's been a lot of chat about it anyway. Um, people raving about Carrie Mulligan's performance uh, in the lead role. And Bo Burnham is, is in it as well, isn't he? He is, yeah. Bo Burnham's in it. Uh, there's there's a very impressive supporting cast in there, but it is Carrie Mulligan's movie. Like, every scene she's in, she's just so magnetic. And there was that stupid article a few months back where someone said she wasn't attractive enough to be in it. Uh, where it was like, you know, it should have been someone like Charlize Theron. And A, that's just incredibly stupid anyway. But B, it is a very different performance than we're used to seeing from Carrie. Because normally we're like, she's just a bit sad or she's in a bit, she's in a period piece or something. And then this, she is vicious and it's brilliant. Well, I think a lot of people may have just seen her recently in The Dig on Netflix, opposite Ray Fine. Um, which obviously shows us like she's such a fantastic uh, actor anyway. But um, yeah, no, cannot wait to see her in Promising Young Woman. Um, brilliant. Roy, thank you as ever. Sound Paul on sound. Thank you as ever as well. And it's good, Roy, your dogs haven't joined us for today's recording of the episode, which is fantastic. Yeah, and that makes a nice change of pace. Uh, that they. What have you done with the dogs, Roy? No, nothing that can be legally proven. So that, okay. we'll, leave it, we'll leave it there. Okay, it's going dark. No, I don't. Uh, I don't was... like what I just said. People are going to assume I'm some kind of dog killer. They're asleep. It's sunny out. They're just They're lying down. Sun- That's it. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm calling the authorities anyway. Okay. okay, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.